joined in this hour by Congressman Rodney Davis. Uh, Congressman, good morning to you. And uh, first of all, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the clock here as far as the stimulus goes. We're looking at a number of programs running out July 31st, including this unemployment thing with the extra $600 a week uh, for a lot of people. You know, you know what, what's coming next and, and, uh, and, and what, what, if anything, is needed? Well, frankly, uh, Chris and, and Greg, it should have been done months ago. As a matter of fact, I think history will judge Congress in a very positive, bipartisan way uh, after this pandemic is, is over in years from now because of the CARES Act and the four bills that we actually passed together. But then Nancy Pelosi, when we started talking about the next round, decided to go it alone. She wrote a $3 trillion package of liberal wish list priorities and did it in the speaker's suite without any anyone uh, working with Republicans. And, and really, that made a lot of people retreat to their partisan corners again, so much so that I know there's a lot of talk about doing something by the end of July. I hope we can come together on liability reform and some other issues that I think are important to our mom-and-pop shops. But I'm not too sure that we're going to have enough people come back out of those corners, Chris. Yeah, and that, that's the big question here, Congressman, because you're looking at this extra $600, and that seems to be part of uh, at least some of the talk uh, I've heard of Pelosi's uh, plan to come back. And a lot of the business owners I'm talking to are having trouble getting people back to work because this $600 a week that they've been getting extra on top of their unemployment makes a better economic situation for them than when they were working at the time. You know, I mean, what what is the stance on that? You know, is the president going to go along with another round of 600 bucks a week extra? on unemployment? Well, it's ironic that uh, Democrats in the Senate initially called that provision a drafting error in the bill. So a couple of Republicans offered an amendment, including Tim Scott, Ben Sass, and I think Marco Rubio. And uh, every Democrat voted against that amendment to fix the drafting error. And many mom and pop shops are, are clearly stating that it's disincentivizing many of their workers that they want to be able to keep employed after the PPP program or during the PPP program to stay alive and be ready to to hit the ground when the economy reopens fully. Uh, But some have said there's a lack of incentivization. If that's the case, then I I can work on a compromise. Uh, Let's make sure that you you are able to limit your benefits at at what your salary was before you left. I, I I don't think that's a partisan issue, but let's make sure that we get people back to work and that we continue, like we just did last week, to allow pop shops to really get the bridge funding through the PPP program to stay afloat, to stay alive, and to stay that local sales tax base that our communities need when this pandemic's over. Congressman, part of the uh, Democrats' Heroes Act that passed the House, it's up for um, consideration in the Senate. Highly doubt they'll move that uh, with the Republican-controlled Senate, but it uh, has... What, $3 trillion in it, uh, and it's got hundreds of billions of dollars for state and local governments. Not sure how much is carved out for uh, Illinois, but Illinois is looking for $5 billion plus dollars uh, in its budget that started earlier this month. Uh, we don't have that money. The Congress has not approved that. Uh, should it? Well, Congress has sent hundreds of, uh, hundreds of uh, millions of dollars to the state of Illinois, and billions of dollars, actually. Uh, to go out to our local communities already as part of the $2 trillion in the four bills that we passed in a bipartisan way. Uh, I'm disappointed that 
the Democrats decided to to just go ahead and jack that spending up by 33 percent and then not even ask us for our input. Uh, it's, it's not partisan to have the Senate say, hang on a second, we want to have a voice in this. Uh, but they've decided not to do that. Uh, and, and that's really where we're at today. Uh, the Democrats in Springfield have said all along they shouldn't pass a budget that relies upon money that they, they don't know is, is, is going to be coming to the state of Illinois. But the supermajority Democrats in Springfield, they did it anyway. Governor Pritzker did it anyway. So in the end, uh, hopefully we can come up with a solution. But the key to local and state revenue is the PPP program that we put together back in, in April that was allowing our small businesses to provide the ongoing local sales tax base to be able to be viable once this is over. Congressman, um, another issue, of course, it's an election year, uh, so you've got uh, the, the the partisanship that should you know you'll see in Congress. Um, so I'm sure that's part of the reason why we're seeing these competing bills go back and forth with uh, police measures, for instance. But another issue uh, in this election year, of course, we're going to hear a lot more about it. Um, you've got a, a, an opponent in in your congressional district, uh, and she's taking you to task about uh, health care. Uh, about your your policy positions there, uh, and one thing that I get uh, asked myself uh, to ask you is your stance on pre existing conditions. What's your response to your critics uh, of of your healthcare position, and when it comes to uh, pre existing conditions? Well, critics that uh, want to misinterpret my stance on pre existing conditions have one thing in mind, and that's to defeat me. Uh, anybody knows anybody who knows me knows that I. Have, am 100% for protecting pre-existing conditions. And uh, I laid out our plan, the plan I supported back a couple of years ago that fell one one vote short in the Senate that would have lowered premiums and protected pre-existing condition coverage. It's written into the bill that nothing in that bill could take away pre-existing condition coverage, nothing at all. And it's unfortunate, but those who want to lie and continue to lie about my record like Betsy Londrigan does, uh, it's unfortunate because, really, the Democrats have done nothing to help the 60 million Americans who are still left behind in our broken health care system. They either don't have coverage or they can't afford the coverage that they have if they were diagnosed once again with their pre-existing condition coverage. I certainly hope uh, Betsy Londrigan quits lying about my record and continues to answer uh, questions from the media and from us about her support for Medicare X, which is a proposal that would take $800 billion away from our hospitals and providers. The American Hospital Association said it's the single worst policy that they've seen introduced in a long time. Uh, that's something she needs to answer to, and I certainly hope she does. Is this something, too, Congressman, that, that, that you, are, are you happy with what you've heard from the Trump administration? I mean, one of the, one of the uh, uh, campaign promises of Trump was that, that he was going to replace Obamacare with a much better system. And we've gotten little bits and pieces about it, but never really a complete system here. Are you happy with the way the Trump administration has responded to the health care issue? Well, you got to remember, Chris, there's a lot of revisionist history going on. We actually had our replacement bill. It passed the House of Representatives, and I stood there with the president after we passed that, knowing that it was going to fix many of the problems in our broken health care system. It was the replacement. It fell one vote short in the United States Senate 
from being sent to the president's desk and becoming law. Since then, Democrats and gaining the House majority promised the American people that they would actually fix our broken health care system. Well, their fix was a sham partisan vote last week in the House of Representatives so that they could go back home and say they did something when truly they did nothing. When they took the majority, it was their job in the House of Representatives to put a better plan in place than what ours was. They failed to do that until four months out from the election and realized that they needed to check that box. They needed to have a messaging bill to allow their Democrats to go campaign on. That's unfortunate because they're just not serious about legislating when it comes to fixing health care. And frankly, they're not serious about what it takes legislatively to fix and make sure that we put in some common sense agreed to law enforcement reforms. All right, terrific. Uh, Congressman Davis, listen, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it and have a great day. Thanks, guys. Take care.